Welcome to the Dyke Heward Mills podcast. You're listening to a message from the Poimano, bringing you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and megachurch pastor, Dag Heward Mills. One of the things that is a certainty for everyone, whether they're a born-again Christian or not, is that you will surely die. In our Thursday teaching, Dag Heward Mills explores what happens after you've lived life and what inevitably awaits you after. Death, judgment, and the resurrection. Bishop Dag teaches us that we should be steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord because we know death is not the end for us as Christians. So let's find out more about these stages of existence in today's teaching. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this service and for the opportunity that we have in you to serve you, to follow you, to obey you. 
what a blessing, Lord. We are thankful in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. Happy Resurrection Sunday morning. Are you glad to be in church? This morning, my subject is life, death, judgment, and resurrection. Life, death, judgment, and resurrection. Because it's resurrection day. Number one, what is your life? What is life? Life is a vapor that appears for a short time. Turn with me to James chapter 4, verse 14. It says, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Amen. Now, your life is a vapor. And that means that it is something that appears just briefly. Okay? And then goes away. Anybody who has put on a kettle before, boiled some water before, will realize that normally, are you there? Woo-hoo. Normally, you don't see the vapor. Isn't it? How many have got a kettle at home? Somewhere. Raise your hand if you have a kettle. Raise your hand if you do not have a kettle so that I can pray for you. Father, please provide kettles for everyone. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you do not have a kettle, God is going to send one to you very soon. You're going to have one. Now, when you boil water in your kettle or in a pot, the place where the kettle is and the place where the pot is Normally, when you look, you don't see anything. But throughout the day, if you boil water once or twice in a day, you will see vapor appear for a short while, and then it will vanish away. So that's how your life is. Your life is like something that just appears for a while, and then it's gone. Because you are really an eternal being you're going to live forever but your life on this earth is like a vapor it just comes briefly and then it goes now i was telling bishop saki in about 20 years time is going to be virtually 70 years old So if he lives to be 70, by the grace of God, he will. You will see that even before 70, there will be cries for his retirement. Because they'll say, people will be passing by and say, who is the pastor? So the resident bishop is an old man. He's around around 60-something, 70 years. Some old man be. Hey. You see, but we don't think of ourselves in that way. But we don't want to accept that it's finishing. It's finishing. Retirement is at the age of what? 60 
62, 65, it depends. It comes so quickly. Huh? Life is so short. There's a song like that. Life is so short. Come and sing it for me. Life is so short. It was but yesterday you were a baby. But so soon you are growing too. And before you know it, you've become a lady. Or a man with children too. And then your health and strength begin to fail. Your health and strength begin then to fail. Say, just something so short amen one day um, a man was walking through a cemetery I don't know whether he was attending somebody's funeral and then he passed through he was looking at the different grave stones and reading what was on them and then he came across one one said blessed are the dead which die in the Lord for they shall rest from their labors Another one said, rest in peace. Another one said, stand in peace. Everybody was saying something different. 
But then he came across something unusual. And he came across the gravestone of a man called Martin Gooseberry. Martin was born on December 25th, 1844. And had died in April, on the 18th of April, 1896. Martin. But he, he had written something under his uh, name. And, 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 and the man was so shocked when he read it. <gasps> Do you want to know what had been written on Martin's gravestone? They had written on it. I was once like you. And you will soon be like me. I was once like you. And you will soon be like me. <gasps> the guy was shocked. He had never been almost rebuked by a message like that on an epitaph. You know, I was once like you. You will soon be like me. And you see, that is a message from all our brethren who are on the other side. They are saying, look, I was once like you. And you will soon be like me. So what are you doing about your life? Amen. Number two. My, my sermon has points. Number two, life that was given to you is given to you by God. You were created to live and you will always be living. You will always live. You will always live. That is why there is resurrection. Because you will always be alive. Many people don't realize that it is God who is giving us the life we have. That's why they try to kill themselves. When Hitler was being discovered in his bunker, he wanted to be sure that he ended it all. All of them were given suicide pills, cyanide pills. You bite it. When they catch you, you bite it so that you don't suffer under them. His right-hand man, Himmler, probably maybe even more wicked than Hitler, was arrested. He was posing as an ordinary soldier. But then he realized, they said, Dad, this is Himmler. And he immediately chewed the cyanide pill. To do what? To end it all. But you can't end it all. You can't end it. Bible says, and the rich man continued in hell. He lifted up his eyes. So life, I'm talking about life, death, judgment, resurrection. Life is not something so, I'm, I'm going to end it all. I'm tired of, I'm tired of life. I, I don't want to live anymore. I want to end the suffering. You can't end it. Because you didn't create your own life. God is the one who gave you the life. So you can't end it. People say, I'm just going to end it all. Hitler wanted to make assurance double sure that he would end it all. So in addition to Chewing the cyanide pill, he shot himself. So that in case the medicine doesn't work, he should be sure that he's assuredly dead. And he had the people waiting outside. After he executed himself, they came in when they heard the gunshot and then they carried he and his wife out to go and burn their bodies. He gave instructions how his body should be bent. 
and everything. But it's not easy even to burn the body because when the Russians came, they found his body and took his body to Russia. It's not easy to disappear. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive our glory, honor, and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. God has created all things for his pleasure. Revelations 4.11. Amen. Number three. Your life will be followed by death. That you can be assured of. Life is always followed by death. Amen. Death is both an enemy and also a blessing to man. Did you know that death is also a blessing? It's a blessing to mankind. What about if people didn't die? Can you imagine somebody like Hitler? Is still around. And can you imagine all the wicked people of this world? Nobody dies. They are just in another area. It is moved to another part of the world. It's continuing all these wild things. So death is also a blessing to mankind. Because your life is followed by your death. Amen. That is why in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Bible says, When this corruptible has put on incorruptible, and this mortal have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying where it is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Amen. So now we have moved into death, from life to death. Death, your date of your death, death is what is coming. That one you are sure. As to whether you will, you will be rich, I can't tell. As to whether you will ever go to America, I can't tell. But as for whether you will ever go to the grave, I can tell. We pastors are prophesying, by all means, you are going to prosper. This is going to... Look, what we should be prophesying is for sure that you are going to die. This is the real prophet speaking. For sure, this is the one that is coming. You may not like it, but most of the true prophets were not liked. Most of the true prophets were hated because of the things they said. Because they spoke the words of God to human beings who did not like to hear them. Amen. So God is going to bless us. Amen. But you must know, in Job chapter 14 verse 5, the date of your death is already determined. Seeing his days are determined, and the number of his months are with thee, and thou hast appointed his bounds that he cannot pass. Amen. Today I want you to know that God has already determined your days. Actually, he has determined your months. And actually, he has determined your bounds. Do you understand? Yeah. That's why sometimes people die suddenly when they seem to be getting well. Because three things bring your life to an end. Your days which have been determined. It's been determined in days. 
Number two, it's been determined in months. And number three, it's been determined by bounds that you cannot pass. Boundaries you cannot pass. Last week, one of our lady pastors died in uh, Namibia. May her soul rest in peace. A young girl, she was in Bible school here for, year, for some years. But um, she really loved the Lord. And a pastor who, when she was coming to Bible school, her parents were not happy about her serving the Lord. But she was so determined. When she died, the pastor told me, her pastor told me, he said, I remember when she was coming to Bible school to come and serve the Lord. There was so much pressure from the parents that she should not come to Bible school. He said, if I, I almost told her not to come, I didn't even know that she would be only 28 years old before she dies. She was 28 years. As she sat up in her bed the day before she died, said to her husband, this is the end. We, I'm coming home tomorrow. Let's agree that I'll be discharged tomorrow. And he agreed. And he said, he himself said in his spirit, it is finished. Early in the morning, she just went away. She sat up and prayed. Why? Because there's a number of months you've been given. No medicine can make you have even one more month than that month. It has been tied down to days. Did you hear what I'm saying? And then number three, he says, seeing his days are determined. You don't like my message? You don't, you don't like what I'm talking about? <laughs> the way you are all quiet looking at me as if I'm saying... No. His days are determined. And then, he, you have set a boundary. You cannot pass it. So no matter what you do, so that should also make us not be afraid. Because you may do this, you may do this. Once God has said that this is your bound, you get there. You get there. And as for fear of death, it is on all of us. But God is encouraging us. Don't be afraid. Because I have set your days. I've fixed it. You can't change it. One day, Kenneth Hagin's son-in-law was in the hospital dying. And Papa Hagin prayed to the Lord. And he was caught up in a vision. And the Lord Jesus told him, you can't change it. You can't change it. And then he came down. And then his son-in-law was lying in the hospital. And then he knew that the Lord had spoken to him. Because although the son was in, uh, covered with tubes... And he couldn't speak. He just, he just told Papa Hagin, said, I want to go. And he said, okay, go. And he allowed him to die. Because the Lord had told him, you can't change it. He has read the days. He has read the month. He has read the boundary that has been set. That's why sometimes you hear Archbishop praying into the Pleiades and the Mazarote and the planets and the places where things have been written 
in the scrolls of the books about your destiny. Sometimes the volume of the books, he'll be trying to erase certain things that have been written in the volumes of the books about your destiny and your future. I've heard him pray many times about those things that are written. Wow. Is it not amazing? So I'm, I'm preaching today about life, death, judgment, and resurrection. Amen. Are you there? Number five, you must prepare for death. Otherwise, you will not be happy at all when you die. Hey, Amos chapter 4 verse 12 is a scripture, your take me home scripture. This is your take home. Every time you go to a restaurant, sometimes you pack for the house. This is the verse you are packing for home. It says, therefore, thus will I do unto thee, O Israel. And because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God. Prepare for God. Prepare to meet God. Everybody must prepare to meet the Lord. Amen. Are you ready? Are you ready? There's a song like that. Are you ready? Do you have a song like that? Are you ready? Are you ready to meet the Lord? Are you ready? Are you ready for the Lord? When he comes in the night, are you ready? Are you ready? For the Lord, here he comes in the night for you. Are you ready? Tell somebody, are you ready? Come on, sing it. Are you ready? Are you ready? For the Lord, here he comes in the night. Are you ready? Are you ready? You see, one day there was a certain church member invited his pastor to come to the house because he had built a very nice house. So he invited his pastor and said, Come, pastor, for dinner. And pastors, we have to sometimes go for dinners. When they finished eating, they, they, they finished eating in the sitting room the pastor, the church member said, let's go outside and sit on the balcony because he had a nice balcony that is outside and you can sort of see afar because the house was quite a bit on a hill. So as they were outside, they ordered for some cappuccino. Do you know cappuccino? Do you know cappuccino? Ask your neighbor, do you know cappuccino or not? If you don't know cappuccino, tell the person, see me after church, I will, I will explain it to you. As they were drinking the cappuccino, the church, this church member was a businessman, showed the pastor, he said, do you see those houses? All those houses. And when the pastor looked, you see, estates. And the church member said, the businessman told the pastor, said, these are my um, real estate. 
investments, estates, it stretches. Wow! And then he, he, he told him, let's go to the other side of the balcony. When he looked at this side, what was there? It was virgin forest. He said, these are my timber um, concessions. Forests. Forest. I said, oh, oh! Pastor, the, the pastor was impressed, wasn't the pastor was staying at her. <laughs> he was just staying in the area. So the pastor was impressed. Ah! Said, yeah. Wow. Huh? Yeah. Then he took him to the other side. What would he see? The pastor, because this was, you know, there were some metals going up and down like that. But you could see far, as far as your eyes can see, your eyes can see like 5, 10 miles. So that they tell you visibility, 10 miles, 20 miles, far. So the pastor said, please, what is that? And he said, oh, those are oil wells, oil. Have you seen oil on the land before? It has some pumping. Next time you are in Texas or America, you see it goes up and down like that. You can have oil in your, in your house. And I've heard that there's vo- oil on the land. In Ghana, may it be found in your house. May you become an oil king in Jesus' name. Hey, Shabaya Bobo. <laughs> so the pastor was uh, impressed. Oil, he said, Yeah, all these oil fields are for me. Then the pastor, the church member, businessman said, Come this way. So he took him to the other side and he said, look here. When he looked, fields, fields. Have you seen this type of commercial farms? Far! He said, as far as your eye could say that, these are my um, farms. Investment into agriculture. Wow! The pastor was impressed. So the businessman was feeling and he ordered, bring another cappuccino. As they were drinking the cappuccino, the Holy Spirit spoke to the pastor and said to the the pastor, ask him a question. So the pastor asked the businessman church member. He said, you have something in this direction and something in this direction. Remember, this side was the real estate. And this side was the forest. And you have something in this direction. This was the oil fields. And you have something in this direction, which are the farms. They said, what do you have in this direction? Do you have anything in this direction? Aye! And the businessman was, was, was amazed. I don't have anything in this direction. You know, People spend their whole life eh, preparing for everything except their death. Securing the future, insurance, this, that. You have something this way. You have something in this direction. You have something in this direction. And you have something in this direction. But what do you have in this direction? What do you have in this direction? This is the question you must ask yourself. 
on this Easter Sunday as you prepare for yourself so many things on this earth. Are you listening to me? All right. So how many points do you have? Five points. All right. Your life, death, the next thing that I want you to know about death, and I'll be ending my sermon very soon, that death is just a shadow for Christians. There's a, there's a, there's a song about, about that. Isn't it a shadow? The, although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no for thou art me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Daily he supplies every need. As I walk through the valley, he restores. Huh? A huge articulator, I thought, bright, 
sunshine, daytime. They were going for the funeral. A huge articulator came to pass, not over them, by them. And the shadow of the articulator fell over them and moved on. Suddenly, the Presbyterian pastor turned to his children and asked his children, Would you rather be run over by the articulator or by the shadow of the articulator? Do you understand the question that I'm asking? Do you understand what I mean? Articulator is the 16-wheeler track that is moving. Would you rather be run over by the articulator itself or by the shadow? And the children said, the shadow. And then he told his children, Mommy has been run over by the shadow, but not by the actual thing itself. Mommy is with the Lord today. Hallelujah! For us, death is just a shadow. We, we, we do not experience what unbelievers experience because death in the Bible never means cessation of life. In the Bible, death always means separation from God. Always. Always. Death in the Bible always means separation from God, not cessation of life. So we just experience a shadow. When you are a Christian, you have a different future and destiny from somebody who does not know God. I'm talking about life, death, judgment, and resurrection. Number seven. Death is followed by judgment. Wow. As it is appointed unto man once to die. After this judgment. Wow. Every one of us is going to receive our judgment when we die. The Bible says we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So ladies and gentlemen, there's going to be an exam for even those who didn't go to school. There are some people who stop school. Well, this exam, exam, too much for me. But there's going to be a final exam. I hear your life will be played as a video. I hear in heaven when you think it is broadcast. There will be no more private thoughts. All the thoughts you've been having in secret on earth. When you think, you know, everybody knows what you are thinking. And you are saying. There will be no more cover up. There is going to be a judgment. Judgment day will be coming. Now how is that judgment day going to come because there is going to be God is not God is not God is not like certain countries where there is no rule of law there is no justice but in heaven there is great justice amen and then you will be judged and after you are judged you will be sent into heaven or hell it is appointed unto man once to die once. After you've experienced this brief life, you die once. And then after that, there is judgment. Judgment after judgment, it will be decided, ah, hell. Ha, ah, heaven. How many of you were not here on Good Friday? Give me a wave so that I know whether to tell you a story that I told them on. You were not here. Hey, then who was here? Because there were a lot of people here. <laughs> it's too fantastic. 
Kenneth Hagin told, told a story about how he went to preach in a church in Phoenix, Arizona. When he got there, there had been a pastor who had been there the week before he came. And this pastor had given an amazing testimony about how the Lord Jesus appeared to him in his hotel room one Sunday night. And the Lord told him, I want to make you more evangelistic. So the Lord took him to hell. When he went to hell, he saw all the things that you see, you hear about in the Bible. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. That phrase is mentioned five times in the New Testament. Weeping. Weeping. Crying. Crying. Weeping. Weeping sounds sort of like something soft. You know, sometimes you look to somebody, you see the person is weeping quietly. <laughs> and gnashing. It's not the teeth that... I... Can you hear my teeth? No, it speaks of regret. Why didn't I? Why didn't I do this? How many have ever been in an exam room and you see something say, Why didn't I? Why didn't I? Why didn't I? This particular thing, it was there. I was going to. I didn't look at it. It is here. My friend told me this is what we call gnashing of teeth. My friend was learning it. One day my son was going to write exam. This SS, JSS. It's one of the worst. Those of you from NDC government. Go and tell them, I say, it's a very bad thing. Your children, don't send your children abroad again. They should be here. My son was going to do JSS. He was to learn how to make contemporary. So I, I was pre- helping him to prepare. So I told him, Contumbre may come. So I was doing the discussion with him in the morning before he goes. The, the car takes him to the school. Contumbre. It's a subject. <laughs> Can you believe that when he went, do you know that? Do you know the subject, the question that came? Contumbre. It was there exactly. So if he had not learned it, there would have been what? Weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why? Because they are pretty. How do you make contumbre? And if you don't know, you don't know. How many don't know how to make contumbre? Raise your hand. How many know how to make it? No, I don't mean how many know what is in it. I said, how many know you know how to do it? Fry the oil, add the uh, good, uh, the onion, the tomato, Maggie cube, Bishop Saki, and what again? Nothing. Regret. I should have. I should have. I should have learned it. Many times God saved me from gnashing of teeth. I always used to try to listen when people come out of the exam. What did they ask you? What did they ask you? When you hear these glimpses of stories of people who died, came back, always listen. It's glimpses to tell you how it will be like. Glimpses. So that there will be no gnashing of teeth. Anyway, I was telling you a story. So this guy, he said when he was in university, he was a young man, he was a serious Christian, but he backslid. And it was when he was in second year in the university that he repented. 
and became a serious Christian again. He became so serious that he decided to leave his college and go into Bible school, Assemblies of God Bible school, which he did. And today, maybe God is calling you to Bible school. God is calling you to serve him, to be a full-time ministry. Don't decline. Now, he said that as he was taking him through hell, he saw people weeping and gnashing their teeth, wailing. Two verses in the Bible describe wailing and gnashing of teeth. Five scriptures talk about weeping and gnashing. But two speak about wailing. Wailing. That's wailing. Weeping is. So you hear. And you hear. And then you hear. If only I should have listened. Why didn't I? Why didn't I? Why didn't I? No. It's too scary. But he said as he was being taken through hell. He came across somebody that he knew. He was so surprised. It was his roommate in second year when he was in university. His roommate. And he asked his roommate, what are you, what are you doing here? And his roommate told him, I died on Friday. I was killed in an automobile accident on Friday. So when he came out of this vision and experience with the Lord Jesus, it was Late in the night, he wanted to call his mother because his mother knew both he, the son, and his best friend who was his roommate or his friend. But it was so late and he didn't want to call his, his mother in the late like that. So the next day, Monday, he called his mother and he said, Mommy, have you heard? Uh, he talked with her, how are you, how are you, how are you, and so on. Then he came to himself, have you heard from um, so and so? He said, oh, yeah, I was going to tell you. He died on Friday. He had an accident. He died on Friday. He was shot out of his whiskers. My friends, there is a real place that you go to after judgment. One of your judgments will be either hell or heaven. You cannot come to heaven with NDC card or MPP card. You cannot come with money. You know, in Africa, we are so used to knowing somebody. Nothing works unless you know somebody. When you go to the ministry, nothing works unless my sister's cousin, friends, brothers, aunties, nephews, daughters, sons, uh, adopted child is there. Whom you know. So, there are people who feel, when I get to heaven, tell Bishop Dad I'm at the gate. Tell, tell, tell Bishop Saki that I've arrived and that my index number is such and such. Hey. But it's not like that. Heaven is like, no. Because there are so many people. We can't be giving preference. You are either going to heaven or hell. If you are born again, you go to heaven. Except a man is born again, he cannot go to heaven. Even if you are in lighthouse and you are not born again, you will go to hell. You go with all your tights and everything. You descend into hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You start weeping and wailing in hell. You'll be shouting, forgive. You, see, you, you think it's not possible? You'll be shouting, forgive, mercy, mercy, forgive. It's a bombastic bombo. Look. One day, one of my pastors went to Insawam prison to preach. 
as he was preaching powerfully then suddenly he heard a voice shout mercy in in Sawam, high security prison for uh, uh, the high level criminals he heard so much mercy then he heard another person shout forgive so my pastor said ha our people are here there were more of them shout mercy forgive mercy forgive the fact that you are in this church today does not mean you will go to heaven the bible said there were 10 virgins five of them were wise five of them were foolish the bible said two men were grinding at the mill two women were grinding. one was taken one was left the bible said two two men were on the field one was taken one was left you better secure yourself and make sure you are really born again make sure that you are a real christian don't take it for granted you sit in the church you can go to hell from here direct you'll be surprised Kenneth Hagin said, I didn't need a Bible to believe in hell. He said, because I've been there. I've been to hell. He used to make banners when he was advertising a program. And the banner would say, come and listen to someone who has been to hell before. That was a banner that he used to make when he was doing programs. Come hear a man who has been to hell before. He said at that time he was a religious person. His mother's church, whatever, even if he was dying, they would come and pray for him. But when he died, he went down. My own brother-in-law, he told me he was in tech. He said he died and he went down to hell. He said that when he, he came, it was like there was a being to take him. And, and he came back. He said he was, he was frightened. Nobody told him about Christ. So he still did not become a Christian. But he was very frightened. He came out of his body. Because you come out of the body. This is what the Bible tells us. Kenneth Hagin said, I don't need, I don't need a Bible to, to believe in heaven or hell. He said, I've been there. He said, his mother was praying for him. A creature came at the gate and took his hand like this. And there was a voice from heaven. Leave him. And then the creature left him and he came back up. They were taking him in. That time he didn't know God. So whilst he was on the bed, he gave his life to Jesus Christ and became born again. So later on, his heart stopped because his condition was still there. He still he died again because he had cardiac failure from congenital heart disease. So he died again and this time he went up. So being in the church does not mean that you are born again. does not mean you go to heaven if you don't know what I'm telling you. The Bible said the rich man, the rich man went, descended into hell and he cried. He cried like everybody else. There was a pastor, an American pastor, he said, when he went, he was taken to prison. When he went to prison, he said, you take off all your clothes. About five to ten photographers will come. You take pictures. Most of them were women. Stand like this. Like this. Then they say, up. Then you have to hold your whatever. Up like this. Down. Then you bend down. Over, he, said, he, he, told, he wrote in his book, he said, I sat in the Air Force One with the President of America. I've been in the White House many times. But I was, I was thrown into with criminals and the highest kind of dangerous people. And I, was, I, I became as nothing. That is what the Bible said. The rich man, Jesus came to this world to tell us about life, about death, about judgment, and about resurrection.
He rose from the dead because he's giving us hope. Whoever you are, don't joke with God. Oh. When, you, when you look under a mango tree, you don't only see green, brown leaves, the old ones. You see the green ones. You see green leaves on the floor and brown leaves also on the floor. Old men die and young men die. Babies die. Children die. It's time for you to know what you believe. There is a reality God came to teach us through Jesus about life, about death, judgment. You'll be judged. Now, after all this, thank God, there will be resurrection. And Jesus was the first fruits of those who rose from the dead. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Wow. As we come to the end of this message. Verse 50. And my, 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 she's going to sing it for you. One day when, you, when you, you're dead and we've all dissolved into the earth. It says, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We shall not all sleep. But we shall be changed. When your body goes into the ground. A friend of mine, his, his, his father died. After 10 years, there was a family dispute. So they had to exhume the body. And he said, when they exhumed the body, he looked at his father after 10 years being in the grave. And his father had become sm uh, smaller. The body had shrunk small. All the waters had come out. It was shrinking. Ten years. Still, I went to a cemetery, a South African cemetery. The 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 the, 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 the what is the man called? The one who does the cemetery. The, the there's a there's a name of the guy who runs the cemetery. He told me he said after forty years you will still see the hair, the nails, everything will be there, but you will be dissolving and disappearing. But the Bible says I'll show you a mystery, something. Marvelous. That you can't even imagine. He said, we shall not sleep. Why? Because Jesus didn't sleep in the grave. He came out. But we shall be changed. In just a moment. One second. At the sound of the trumpet. Pa, 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 na, pa, 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 pa. One day a brother was uh, fornicating in a certain hostel. And as he was giving love words to his, but he was a born again Christian. And as he was giving love words to his girlfriend or whatever it is, then an omnibus came to pass outside and blew the horn. Pa, pa, na, pa, pa, pa. The brother jumped out of the bed because he thought that it was the rapture. He thought that this was the trumpet. But the Bible said the trumpet shall sound. So he jumped out. Pa, pa, ah, ah, ah. Putting on his trousers. My friend, you are late. Is it now you are putting on your trousers? Because the omnibus was just outside his window. Hey! The trumpet shall sound. Are you listening to me? And the dead, the dead shall be raised. Because Jesus rose on resurrection Sunday. And we shall be changed. And this corruptible body must put on incorruption. 
And this mortal must put on immortality. Hallelujah. So when this happens, it shall be brought to pass the same. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, grave, you are laughing at me. When I buried my loved one, you were laughing at me. But now you will triumph over the grave. And you will say, grave, have you seen? Why is your victory? You didn't win after all. Because Jesus, through his power, has given us victory over the grave, over death, over something that takes away our life. Death, where is your victory? Grave, where is your sting? Where is your victory? But thanks be to God, which giveth us the, mish, the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, therefore, because of life, because of death, because of the reality of judgment, and because of this great resurrection, what shall we do? Therefore, my beloved brethren, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 58. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast and movable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Knowing this, knowing this, that your labor in Barclays Bank and Standard Chartered Bank is not in vain. Huh? Your labor in Tigo and MTN is not in vain. Your labor in uh, NDC and MPP is not in vain. Your labor in business is not in vain. No. Your labor in the Lord your labor in the Lord. Your labor in the Lord. This is it's a mystery. It's a mystery. The grave is not the end for us. Because Jesus rose. He came out of the grave after three days. On resurrection Sunday. He came out triumphant over death and hell. And he had the victory. What a, what a wonderful mystery. As she sing this song. Lo, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. But we shall be changed. No, I tell you a mystery when Jesus shall come, we shall not be the same, we shall all be changed in a moment. We shall be changed in a twinkling of an you a mystery. wonderful thing what is your life life is short it's a vapor 
you, God gave it to you. What is your death? Your death is something you can, is determined. What comes after death? Judgment. Heaven or hell. What comes after that? Resurrection. You'll be raised from the dead with a body. You have a new body. And you live forever. Wow. That's why I said, Lo, I tell you a mystery. Lo, I tell you a mystery. Wow. Is it not beautiful? When Jesus, when Jesus shall come, we shall not be the same. We shall all be changed in a moment. In the twinkling. In a twinkling of an Hallelujah. I tell you a mystery. Lift your hand and thank God for when victory Jesus over death through the resurrection. Come, we shall not be the same. We shall. We shall, we shall all be changed, changed in a moment. In a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. Father, we thank you for your word today. Lift your hand and just pledge yourself to the Lord. He said, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and unmovable, abounding in the work of the Lord. God is going to bless you as you work for him. Thank you, Lord, as we receive this resurrection message, a message that inspires us to the perfect will of God, to, to stand in the will of the Lord, to, to work for him, the one who died for us. We thank you for this great, wonderful blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. As every head is bowed and every eye closed today, want to give your life to God. Maybe somebody invited you here on this Resurrection Sunday, but you want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be born again. I don't know who you are, but maybe you don't know Jesus. You want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my life and my heart to God today. If you are here like that, wherever you are, Pastor, help me to know God today. I want to be born again today. Then lift up your hand where you are standing. Just stand there, but lift your hand, and I'm going to pray a powerful prayer with you. God bless you. God, I see so many hands. Pray with me. I want Jesus to come into my life. I want to be born again today. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. If you've lifted your hand up where you are standing, I want you to come to me. Come to where I am. I'm coming down to meet you. I'm coming down to meet you here. Hello. Come on, my dear. Come to Jesus. Come to the cross. Come, let me pray with you. Don't stand there and wonder. Life is real. Death is real. Judgment is real. Resurrection is real. To Jesus, come to the cross. Lift your hands in front here. Just everybody lift your hand and everybody also lift your hand. Pray with me. What I pray, pray after. If I say something, just say it. Say, Lord Jesus. Please forgive me for my sins. I come to you, Lord, just as I am. 
have mercy on me i know i am a sinner today i ask you come into my heart make me a new person please wash away my sins with your precious blood say oh jesus please wash away my sins with your blood from today i will serve you i will follow you i will obey you thank you jesus please write my name in the book of life thank you lord for saving me today in jesus name amen god bless you for listening to this message Visit daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every week. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.